Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, phenomenal humans, and welcome back to episode three. I was shocked for a hot minute there that this has turned into a three-part episode, but the shock very quickly morphed into, well, of course it bloody did. Of course it did, because there is no freaking way that I could skim over the important parts of my journey home to myself. And really, my journey home had only just started to show itself in little specks at the end of the last episode. And the missing piece in my life and the truest catalyst that threw me head first into my inward journey was my health falling apart. So let's dive in right there to the thing that was both and still is to this day the most difficult thing that I have been through and continue to go through, but also the birthplace of my magic. Life brings us all our own form of suffering. That is the portal back home to ourselves. And for some people, it comes in the form of childhood trauma. For some, it's in relationship issues. For others, it may be financial struggles or being in a war-stricken country. For me, my greatest suffering has been my health. And my journey with chronic health issues, it really crept up on me slowly over time. It was when I was 18 and had just started working at the gym as a fitness instructor. I was like, yeah, look at me go. (laughs) That's when I first began noticing that after I'd had my lunch break, I'd go and I'd have my little break, I'd eat my lunch. And when I'd come back out onto the gym floor, I was noticing that I was getting this weird pain in my back which was completely new for me. I had never up until that point experienced any type of digestive pain. And for quite some time, that was all it was. An uncomfortable, stabbing-like pain in my mid to upper back after I ate. And at the time, I thought it was a bit odd, but didn't think that much more of it because It was, yes, it was painful. Yes, it was annoying, but I could easily keep doing all of the things in my life. Like it wasn't obstructing me from doing anything that I wanted to do. But what started as an inconvenient pain at 18 gradually got worse over the next few years until at around 21, I couldn't deny anymore that there was something iffy going on. And the pain had started spreading and was becoming more and more drawn out. And I was also starting to experience some fatigue every time that I ate anything as well. 
And that's when I first started looking into it a little deeper and I found that certain foods definitely made the pain worse. And so I started cutting some things out. The first thing, like I think most people, the first thing to go was gluten and that gave me a little bit of relief for a very short period of time. But then it just kept getting worse and worse and as it kept getting worse and worse I went on this journey of cutting out more and more because it it seemed to be that the more I cut out the more sensitive that I was becoming and um, eventually I got myself to a point where there wasn't a single thing that I could eat without this searing pain there wasn't a single thing that I could eat without becoming really uncomfortable or really fatigued and this time of my life where I was just starting to explore these things coincided with around the time Bevan and I fell in love and he had come into my life in sort of the final days of what I would call the old Haley, the Haley who was full of energy, the Haley who loved to be out and about and socializing the Haley who would do anything for worth and validation, the Haley who would party hard and who thought life was just fucking primo. Like Bevan really came into my life just as that part of me um, was in her final days. It's like he could tell. <laughs> it's like he could tell that part of me. It's like he could always see further ahead of who I was becoming than what I could at the time. And what then unfolded over the next four years from 22 to 26 was nothing short of fucked up. (laughs) My little digestive issue that I had progressively worsened into my entire body beginning to shut down. My digestion over those four years had gotten so bad to the point where I couldn't poo anymore. I would consider myself extremely lucky if I could go to the bathroom just a little bit every six days or so. But at the worst of it, it would be nine to 14 days between shits for me. And, you know, over the course of years of that, you can just imagine how toxic and how backed up and how dormant my colon became and how that then began to affect the rest of my body and you know through this time I was still believing that western medicine was going to help me that's what we were raised to believe right that the doctor in the white coat is our savior who will help with all of the answers when you get sick but man what I went through in those years proved that to be extremely inaccurate Here I was, you know, shitting once every two weeks with my entire body going into shutdown or flare-up mode. My feet were becoming so sore that I could hardly stand up for long. I would literally roll myself around my classroom on my wheelie chair at this point. My skin was breaking out in rashes everywhere and even if there was no rash, there was physically excruciating pain whenever I touched my skin. Every time I would go and wash myself in the shower, I would cry. I would just cry in pain as I was running the body wash over my skin. The back of my head and the hoods of my eyes had started opening up and leaking lymph fluid and my skin was just burning away. 
and I was exhausted all of the time, like next level exhausted. There's the feeling of being tired, which of course I'd experienced in life before, just being a human, but this was different. This was an exhaustion that felt like my soul had been sucked out of my body. Like that's how it would feel deep within my solar plexus. I was so swollen all over, obviously in my seemingly pregnant belly that was stagnant. So my belly was so swollen, but also my face was swollen around my glands, in my groin, in my underarms, in my neck was swollen. My vagina was so sore and raw that it was extremely painful to have sex. I was having migraines and kept having muscle spasms in my back. But time and time again, I would be sent from doctor to doctor, only to be told that, oh, your blood work is fine and we can't see that there's anything wrong. Are you fucking kidding me? And of course, they'd send me home with laxatives to try and get me pooping, which did nothing but make it worse. And the icing on top of the cake was one time when I was years into my digestive issues and I hadn't shat in about 14 days and I was in 10 out of 10 pain and I was petrified that my bowel was going to perforate. And I ended up in emergency. I was in such a bad way. Bevan took me to the hospital went through in emergency after waiting for hours and hours to go see the doctor and they refused to even consult me. They said, we don't know enough about the digestive system to help you anyway, even if we did know what was wrong and they sent me home. And, you know, throughout that time, I did a lot of grieving for the medical system that I thought existed but found out that it did not And I am by no means saying that the entire medical system is shit. Not at all. People in the medical profession are incredible humans who save so many lives. And what I found to be true through my own experience is that the medical field is fantastic with sudden issues. You know, accidents, broken bones, heart attacks, things like that. You know, if I'm in a if I'm in a freaking car accident, I don't want someone coming and like rubbing essential oils on me. Like, put me in the ambulance and take me to the hospital. But for long term chronic illness, a lot of the time they're flailing about. And it was at this time of going through all of this and and coming up against this same answer from everyone all the time, which was we don't know. It sort of clicked for me that these doctors that I was going to seek help from studied medicine. That's literally the degree that they studied. Medicine. How to prescribe drugs and medicines for symptoms. And because there was no drug that could be thrown my way, there was no way that they could help me. And it was actually the GP I ended up finding a few years into this journey who was the one that eventually said so kindly and so graciously to me that he felt like I had reached the end of the road when it came to Western medicine and that he believed I could only find my answers in the realms of natural health because they just weren't there yet in terms of understanding the digestive system. And so that's what I did. But I must say at this time, I had almost given up. I was exhausted. I was broken and I felt my hope slipping away and with it I felt myself slipping away 
And that is really where my journey back home to myself began. It took for me to lose myself, to realize that I never actually knew myself in the first place. For all those years of my health getting progressively worse, I had just kept pushing through. I had kept working as a teacher, even though it was physically excruciating. And I felt so much pressure to keep putting on a facade of being Haley with the energy, Haley with the joy and zest for life, Haley with the achievements, Haley who gets all the validation. Until one day, I just could not keep pushing through anymore. Physically, I could not keep doing it. My health had gotten to an all-time low and with it came utter emotional breakdown and a shitload of anxiety. Now, even though, as you heard in the first episode, I had suffered with anxiety my entire life, but at 25, at this time I'm 25 years old, I thought I was experiencing anxiety for the first time. But what I was experiencing was extreme anxiety, which was stemming from my entire sense of self and my whole world view just crumbling around me and within me. Just, I was just falling apart. And anytime I knew I had to show up somewhere with energy, I would have an anxiety attack. And I remember the first time I had an anxiety attack, I was just like, what's going on? And even Bevan, I remember just seeing his eyes and that freaked me out even more because I knew that he was freaked out. Just the sheer thought of having to be anywhere but locked away behind closed doors threw me just into an anxiety attack. And what was really happening was I was coming to the realization that I had such extremely low self-worth. I didn't realize it at the time, but I can see that now. And it was through that darkest season of my life that I realized that I never actually knew who I was, that I never actually had self-worth. I realized that I had built my entire identity and level of worth on external things, on my looks, on my achievements, on my energy levels, on my social life, on my career, on my labels. And when they felt like they were all falling out from beneath me, my entire sense of self was going with it. And it was a very heavy combination to be losing my sense of identity and worthiness at the same time as losing hope that I would ever get physically better. Because at the time, even now that I was on the natural health route, I was still seeming to get worse day by day, thing by thing. Everything I would try, I would just get worse and that hope was just eroding. That was a very, very dark, very scary season of my life. And if it wasn't for Bevan, I don't think I would have made it through. He was my absolute light in a time of complete darkness. And at this stage, I was physically unable to work anymore. And I spent my days at home while Bevan was working 80 plus hour work weeks just to keep us afloat. Because right alongside my health and identity crisis, we were also in a financial crisis. Bevan and I both had terrible relationships with money and really didn't know what the heck we were doing when it came to finances. 
So not only was I not able to work to be able to contribute and then I also was needing to trial all of these very expensive natural health remedies, but we were also in over $100,000 of credit card and personal loan debt. Massive, massive debt. And there I was at home, completely worthless, feeling completely worthless. And Bevan was running himself into the ground purely so we could pay the interest on our debts. Man, how Bevan made it through that time and managed to come home with a smile on his face each day and continually, continually be lifting me up when he was feeling so crushed by the financial and emotional weight that he was carrying is beyond my understanding. I don't. I don't understand how he did it. And even at the time, I was just so grateful for it. But looking back, I see even more because, you know, he was going through such a hard time and witnessing me going through this. And each day he'd come home after such a hard day and feeling the the weight of the financial pressure. And he would just come home to me just like a shell on the bed or he'd come home to me crying. He'd come home to me having an anxiety attack and he was able to just so beautifully hold me through that time he never once made me feel bad for not being able to work like he was just phenomenal and you know the fact that I was unable to contribute financially was eating away at any little piece of worth that I had left even though Bevan didn't put that upon me I put it upon myself and because of the massive shame that I held and the lack of identity I was experiencing, I never felt safe to truly let my family and friends know just how much I was struggling. They knew that I wasn't well, but they never knew to the degree. And that was really difficult as well. Like I, I felt so deeply misunderstood by everyone. You know, I had the doctors telling me, we don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe there's nothing wrong with you. And I felt like I had everybody around me not understanding it as well. But I can see now that I played a major role in that because I never helped them to understand. But at the time, I didn't understand it all myself. So I really couldn't help anyone else to understand it either. And because of that, I I really started to cut myself off from my support network. And on the rare occasion that I did show up, to a family or a social event, I would drink enough alcohol to mask my pain and my anxiety so that people wouldn't know that I was struggling. And alcohol actually became quite an issue for me throughout my time of major health struggles. Um, After having eight months off work in 2016, I ended up going back to teaching part-time and that quickly crept back into full-time. And I was drinking alcohol to cope Every day I'd come home from work and I'd pour myself a glass of wine and I was absolutely self-medicating. And of course, adding to the very pain that I was trying to numb, Bevan, my, my bloomin' incredible husband Bevan, sat me down one day and asked me if I knew that I had a drinking problem. Bless him. <laughs> to which I said, uh, no, of course I don't. I just enjoy it. A couple of wines after a hard day's work, Bev. Like, excuse me. Then <laughs> he asked me how I'd feel if I knew I couldn't have wine for the next month. 
which made my stomach drop. My heart rate skyrocketed. And that's when I knew. That's when I knew that I had a problem and that I was self-medicating. But let's backtrack a little to that eight months that I had off work when I was in the utter pits of darkness because that was where my journey home truly began. My light had almost gone out. I was so done. I was so exhausted. I was in so much pain and I'd lost hope for things to get any better. And I was laying there on the bed, face down, telling Bevan that I couldn't keep going. And he said to me, he said, Haley, if you woke up right now and you were laying in the middle of the desert and you couldn't see anything in the distance, would you just lay there and die or would you get up and walk? And it was like that question put some kindling on the tiny little flame that I had left inside of me. And I just remember I sat up and I looked at him with tears running down my face and I just said, I'd keep walking. I'd keep walking. To which he said, exactly. And you have to keep walking now. And he told me that there would be someone or something out there that would be able to understand what was going on with my health and that as long as I kept walking, I would find it. (sighs) That was a life-changing moment for me and I will be forever grateful to Bevan for not giving up on me when I had given up on myself. And the fire he added to my flame in that moment became the very thing that made me ask myself how I was going to keep walking. What did I need to do to support myself in this walk? Because as I was in that moment, I didn't think that I could do it. And then I realized by asking myself that question, I realized I needed to know who the fuck I am. I needed to find out who Haley truly is. I needed to rebuild my self-worth on the truth instead of on all the fickle external places I thought it came from. I needed to sift through all of this anxiety and all of these warped beliefs and find me, the real me. I realized that I needed to return home. And when I sat with myself and asked how I was going to do that, my soul said, journal. My entire being was literally magnetizing me towards putting pen to paper. And at that point, I had never been a journaler before. I actually hated writing in school. And even though I always wished that I could be one of those people who kept a journal and they were just like so in touch with their feelings, I always discounted myself by saying it just wasn't for me. But here I was in this life-defining moment, feeling the pull to write. I knew that it would be through writing down the storm that was happening in my mind that I might be able to begin to make sense of it. I might be able to begin to unravel it and understand it. And so that's what I did. Even though the all or nothing part of me wanted to throw myself into writing 45 minutes a day, like, okay, we're doing this, let's go all in. 
but I had enough wisdom. I'm like so surprised at myself at this phase that I had anything to draw upon, but I had enough wisdom that I knew that the last thing I needed at that time was to feel like even more of a failure because I felt like I had failed at life. And so I knew that if I went too hard, that I would end up feeling like I failed and I'd give up. And so instead I set myself a really small commitment that I knew I could show up to because at that point I just needed a fucking win. I needed something that I could do and be like, oh, I did it. And so five minutes and two sentences, that's what I committed myself to. I wanted to read you my first journal entry, but that journal is in a bloody box that I can't get to, so I can't read it to you. I know I've read it on my socials before, but it was a prayer and I was asking God to help me find hope because I'd lost it. I was asking God to help me find me because she was gone. And very quickly, my small commitment to show up to my journal turned into more than I could have ever hoped it would be. Like once I spent those initial few months sifting through my anxiety and managed to get my feet back on the ground. Like I used to describe those really anxious times as feeling like a leaf in the wind, you know, like the, the wind would blow this way and I'd go that way and the wind would blow that way and I'm that way. And I used to, um, you know, I thought that writing down my thoughts and seeking to understand them might reattach my leaf to the tree and I could finally begin to work on growing my roots and, I really just begun with seeking to know me, you know, like after I'd sifted through that initial anxiety, like all of these crazy thoughts that were coming up and I began to calm my storm again, I re reattached my leaf to my tree. Then it was all about like, okay, <laughs> let's get to know you, Haley. What do you even like? That was one of the first things I journaled about that wasn't anxiety based, just, okay, what do you like? Because I realized that I'd spent my entire life liking the things that I thought I was supposed to like, right? Instead of actually exploring who I truly was. And so I set out on this beautiful journey of self-discovery, this beautiful journey of redefining who I was to rebuild my worth. I, I really leaned on my faith at that time and I would ask questions like, well, who does God say I am? Because right now, parts of me and my mind are saying that I'm a piece of shit, are saying that I'm a waste of space, a waste of air. But who does God say I am? Which was really those initial bricks that I began to lay in the foundation of me. And, you know, as I continued showing up to those pages, I continued going deeper and deeper. You know, it's the layers. I was peeling back layer after layer. I was having revelation after revelation and I was unlocking more and more joy within myself. I was unlocking more and more knowing of myself, more and more worth, more and more just poor appreciation for life and, and so much I was unlocking. But this is still at a time when I was in the thick of physical suffering still. But I was seeing how knowing myself more and anchoring further into me was really starting to give me new fuel to keep moving forward in my health journey. 
Like that was really holding me back. I, like Bevan said, like keep walking, keep going. You're going to find answers. But because I didn't have that worthiness, I didn't think I was worth walking for. And so this was a really important step in my, not just my coming home journey, but my health journey. It helped me to um, reignite the belief that I was worth even walking for. And in late 2016, I ended up finding a homeopath who was the very first person to ever validate the suffering that I was experiencing. I remember sitting in his office and he hooked me up to this big machine where it would test the function of your organs and the different parts of your body. And he'd been doing this work for over 40 years. And so like he knew his shit. And as soon as he'd run the first round of tests, oh, just this is burned into my memory. He, he looked up at me and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, I don't even know how you made it in here today. And are sitting in front of me. He said, I've never seen levels this low. I am shocked that you are alive. And in that moment, I completely broke down after so many years of being told that there was nothing wrong with me and that it might all be in my head or that, you know, I'd actually started to question if that was true. Was I going crazy? Was I overreacting? Was I just the world's most pathetic person? Like I really started to, to question these things about myself. And it felt like in that moment, I finally just had that piece of validation. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes validation is important on our journey. And this was one of those times where it was really important for me that that got validated because it actually gave me more strength to keep going. And the time I spent seeing that homeopath was the first time that I actually saw a little rise in my health. Like my energy got a little bit better and my pooping became a little bit closer together. And at the time, my digestion had gotten so bad that I was getting colonics a couple of times a week just so I wouldn't die of toxicity from the inside. And even in my colonics, hardly anything would come out, like just enough to keep keep surviving. And spending that time with that homeopath really helped me to um, start weaning myself off the need for that. And for the next three years, my health would do little improvements, then little slide backs again, like as a repeating pattern. Like I'd see some light at the end of the tunnel and then the rocks would cave in on me once again. And, oh, you know, it continued to be a very, very hard time. But because I'd been consistently digging into myself and understanding deeper and deeper what my true worth was and who I truly was, I was able to keep navigating those storms. And, you know, those storms kept taking me in and out of teaching. I would get slightly better, I'd go back to work, then I'd get too sick and I'd have to step away again. And that was quite a vicious cycle. And really took its toll on me, even though I was on this inward journey. Then in 2019, I was hitting another rock bottom phase where the hope was running thin once again. And my body, like my whole body was flaring up again. Like I was back to not being able to stand. And, um, you know, I, I could feel that anxiety starting to really grip me again. And I had formed enough of a foundation within myself 
that I took the courage to step back and decided to dive even more deeply and more radically into my health than I ever had before. And at the time, Bevan was working away in a small country town called Cochinup in WA um, to help us to make ends meet. And I took the term off from work and went down to live there with him. And even though we were in so much debt, I hired a chronic health coach. And that was one of the best things I ever did. But it took for me to build my self-worth and my identity to even consider feeling worthy enough to invest that money in myself. And so I had this chronic health coach for 12 weeks. And in those 12 weeks, my digestion started working for the first time in six years. And I started pooing on my own, unassisted, for the first time in six fucking years. (laughs) It was a miracle. And he not only helped me with my physical health, but also my mental health by opening me up to ideas and concepts and modalities that just took me even deeper on my journey home to myself. Like some really incredible stuff that he awakened me to that were these beautiful tools on my on my homecoming journey. And after that, over the next year from then, on my own, because I'd gained the confidence on my own, I dove deeply into the healing modalities that he had taught me. And I experienced some truly radical healing in my physical body, which came with its fair share of suffering. A lot of purging was happening, um, not just through my digestive system, but through my skin and through my eyes and through my ears. And it was wild. Um, And that really took my physical health to the point where I still find myself today. I would say that I am about 70, maybe 80, 70 percent better than what I was at my most unwell. But even so, you know, 70% better than what I was is still a long way off what I would see as, you know, thriving health. I have gotten my health to a point now where I can manage it. And I've built a life that now accommodates for my physical body instead of being in opposition to it. Because that's how I had been living my life, in opposition to my body. But I tell you what, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a single freaking thing. Because my health was and continues to be the biggest, most potent portal into remembering who I am. It has been and continues to be my deepest portal of transformation and awakening. And, you know, even as I'm here right now recording this, I'm in quite a lot of pain right now. Probably maybe a 6 out of 10 for me. You know, but pain has been my teacher. Fatigue has been my teacher. They have beckoned me home. They have forced me to sit with myself. I mean to truly sit with myself. They have caused me to question life itself and have taken me into the realms unseen You know, most importantly, pain and fatigue have taught me that I am just as magical, just as worthy, 
and just as much me when I am full of energy and have no pain as when I'm riddled with pain and can't get out of bed. Pain and fatigue have taught me that my magic does not lie in my energy levels and my outward appearance as my childhood would have made me believe. My greatness lies in my cells and is present in its fullness every single moment of my life, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what my health is doing. And I just want to take a pause here to speak to a couple of things. Number one, I pretty much skimmed over that time of my life. I gave you the important details, but I didn't go into detail about the breakthroughs that I had and the revelations and all of the coming home moments and all of the struggles that I went through um, throughout that time that really birthed all of this magic. Um, But that's what this entire podcast is about. So we were going to be digging into a lot more of those concepts that happened in that time. So if you're sort of feeling like, oh, I feel like you've left me without, without all of the juice there, don't you worry, this podcast is all about the juice um, and the juice that I really accessed in that time and since then. You know, we're, we're up to 31 at this stage right now in my story and I'm, I'm 33 now and as, as you're about to hear in a moment, I've, I've probably had even more breakthrough in the last two years than I did in that entire time, but we're definitely going to be unpacking that. And secondly, I want to bring attention to the fact that This podcast and and what I do here in the world isn't just supporting women through chronic health issues and it's not just about um, accessing breakthrough and transformation through chronic health issues. Like I mentioned at the beginning, we all uh, dealt with our own unique version of suffering and Chronic health issues just happened to be my gateway, just happened to be my portal. But the things that I discovered about myself through that version of suffering, you will have the ability to access the same magic, the same types of revelations, breakthroughs and transformation through the challenges and the suffering that you face in your life. And life is not about comparing who suffered the most or what's worthy of being trauma, what's worthy of being a, a portal of suffering that's a gateway into my magic. We, the suffering you experience is the suffering you experience. And you know the reality that you have lived. And what is suffering for you and what is a challenge for you, that is unique to you. And so... There's no need to, you know, go into any type of comparison with what suffering you have and what maybe I have or what other people have. It's just this is the hand that I was dealt in life. This is your dharma, just like my suffering has been my dharma. That is the pathway into my destiny, the pathway into unlocking my magic. And so... As we dive further into the podcast in days to come and also, you know, the things that you'll find inside my membership and inside my um, my one-to-one experiences, they are not based around um, chronic health. They're based around breakthrough, transformation and suffering as a portal, challenge as a portal, no matter what that may look like for you. 
So there I was, 31 years old. This is sort of where I'd gotten to at the point of 31 years old. I'd started soulful journaling because my heart couldn't not share the magnificence of the inner work and I thought I'd experienced breakthrough and awakening at its highest levels. And then the gene keys came along. Holy shit. <laughs> the gene keys took the fire I had created within myself over the last seven years. Because that's how long at this point that I'd been doing the inner, the inner work. Seven years. And it put it on steroids. Like... It took all of what I had been discovering about myself over the last seven years and I could feel on a soul level that it was like bringing it into a tangible form for me. It was taking what I'd been discovering to be true in my soul and putting it into human language that sent me even deeper, even wider and even vaster breakthrough than I ever thought freaking imaginable. And, you know, as I've journeyed with the gene keys for the last two years now, I've been journeying with the keys, I have truly come home to myself. Truly. Like, I thought that I was home before. And even before I had found the gene keys, I'd already come up with the name, the journey home for what I wanted to do in this world. But I actually wasn't quite there yet. Like the gene keys have been like an initiation into truly remembering who I am and who I came here to be. And we are going to be unpacking some things around the gene keys on this podcast. They are the single most potent tool for awakening and transformation that I believe exists on the planet today. And... It, you know, it's been the honor of my freaking life guiding other women home to themselves through their keys for almost a year now that I've been working with them within like in a business sense. Um, And we'll talk a bit more about that on the episode where I talk, um, where we dive into the journey home ecosystem and what this space is all about and the vision for this space. But, you know, they, they were sort of that final piece for me on my journey home. Um, But it really was that dark season, those many years of suffering and pain, you know, that really began with, with losing dad that sort of hurtled me into into pain and suffering. You know, I had to lose who I thought I was in order to find who I truly am. I had to fall apart so I could put myself back together. And I have to continue falling apart in little ways and sometimes in big ways as I continue shedding the things that are not me. As I keep shedding the things that don't belong in my home. Because even though I have come home to myself and I have remembered who I am, there is always more of my magic to reveal just as there is always more of yours. Just when you think that you have found the biggest of breakthroughs and the most incredible of transformation, life just opens you up to the next iteration, just opens you up to that next step um, on the path of remembering, you know, and ah, I've got goosebumps all down my legs right now. It's been a long explanation 
of my journey home to myself, starting from birth and, and taking you all the way through to now. I'm 33 years old now and I am sitting here right now as a woman who is so excited for the future. And if Haley seven years ago could have known that this would be her now, but I, of course I couldn't because I had to go through what I went through in order to be this woman. I have to continue to go through what I go through in order to continue being this woman. And I just have so much gratitude and awe and wonder for the Haley who had lost hope for the Haley who was in the complete darkness but still mustered up the strength to just put one foot in front of the other because she decided to show up because she decided not to give up I am who I am today because Haley then kept going I get to do what I do today and I get to witness the transformation in other women that I get to witness today, which just has me in tears on the daily, just witnessing this in other women. And most importantly, it has just ignited my truest and deepest purpose and life's work in this lifetime. And that is to be a guide for the inward journey. To be a support, to be a friend, to be an ally, to be an encourager and just to love you, just to love you, you know, you actually don't need help and you don't need advice, you just need love, you just need to remember what it feels like to be in the presence of love and that's really my only goal in life is is to remind you what it feels like to be in the presence of love and as we embark on this journey of this podcast which really we're just embarking now <laughs> we had to set the scene a little bit as we embark on this journey it's it's my hope that this is a place that you come to feel loved it's my hope that this is a place that you come to feel home to feel home because even if you don't feel that in yourself yet, I hope that I can create a space where you can feel at home there while you're finding your way. You can feel at home there while you're remembering who you are. But because the truth is, is that yes, it's the journey home and yes, it is one heck of a journey, but the journey itself is just an illusion because the truth is, is that you could never be separated from home even if you tried. You could never stray from the home within you, no matter what you do. It's just our perception that dislocates us from the truth of our home that is always there and always will be. And that's why I really describe it as a remembering. You're not building anything new. You're not actually voyaging anywhere new. You're just revealing, like you're just pulling back the veil to remember that you're already there. And you always have been. And you always will be. You're remembering your worth. You're remembering your magic. You're remembering your genius. And I'm just here to love you as you remember. Thank you so much for joining me for part three. 
And I can't wait just to dive into the juiciest conversations with you as the Journey Home podcast begins. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.